You're listening to this week's episode of Multiplane Tales. I'll be your tale teller, JC. This tale is called, I Bet You Wish You Were Green. And dear listener, if you want me to tell your tale, you can send it to multiplanetales at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Preg sat alone in the center of the cafeteria. Over the years, he would sit in the same corner to eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Different kids would come and go through the orphanage, but Preg was always alone. He didn't have any friends. He was too scared to approach anyone, and it seemed like the feeling was mutual. He summed it up to looking different. All the other kids looked the same. The helpers of the orphanage looked like older versions of the children. He was the only one with tiny horns protruding from his head, the only child with a tail as strong as an arm, and the only child with green skin. Preg knew those were the reasons that people might fear him, but he could not change how he looked. The adults did not treat him much better. They gave him all the amenities that the other children received, without the empathy part. Preg gave this much thought, but he was thankful. He was still provided with three meals each day, with a warm bed to sleep on every night. Being an orphan, he was allowed much freedom throughout the day. He could do whatever he chooses, after his chores were complete. Not being much of a social light, Preg spent most of his time reading, and on occasion, explored the city of Silver Lake. He was content. He knew this was the best life had in store for him. That was what he thought until the arrival of the Shockland Trio. They were a group of three preteens that formed a sort of gang in the orphanage. Freth, Delinji, and Ola were their names, with Ola being the leader. It started out with small things. Them asking the other children to borrow things and never giving them back. If they did, they would return it broken, then blame the owner for rushing their use of it. It did not take long for their antics to escalate. They would intimidate the younger children into giving them their meals, or just steal stuff of others for shits and giggles. Their favorite target was Preg. He was already alone, and no one would come to his defense. The three would terrorize Preg for days before giving him the chance to relax. They would bully the other kids as a break from bullying Preg. At least once a week, they would come up to him while he was eating and demand his meal. Preg thought about fighting back but surmised it would not end well for him. Preg reported the harassment to the adults in the orphanage multiple times. They claimed they spoke to him, but the following day, it would be the same old abuse. Preg and the trio did share some similarities. They were unadoptable misfits. For different reasons, of course. In the city of humans, who would want to adopt a horned, green-skinned freak? The trio presented a different set of problems. First, all three had to be adopted together, even though they were not siblings. It was rare for two siblings to be adopted together. Three random friends, almost unheard of. Though the Shocklands must have had the fortune of Fortuna on their side, because they had their chance. Preg remembered that day vividly. It was the beginning of his new life without the Shocklands. A rich lord from the suburbs was in the city on business when he and his wife decided to stop at the Silver Lining Orphanage. The couple went around introducing themselves to the orphans. Preg stayed in the back with a book in his hands. At this point, he was never excited to meet potential parents. The best he ever got was a dirty look. They spoke to about half a dozen children before Preg looked up from his book. The Lord had gotten real close to him trying to speak to a half-elven kid named Taha. He finished his little chat with Taha before taking notice of Preg. Their eyes met. Instead of the usual fear or disgust, the Lord smiled at Preg. Reactively, Preg smiled back. 
His heart beat a little faster. It was the first time he had gotten a different reaction. Hi, I'm Lord Shine. The man offered his hand out to Preg. Hesitantly, he shook it. How did a dragonborn end up here? He asked. Preg looked at him blankly before shrugging. The nobleman inspected Preg. He walked around him like he was inspecting a new carriage before purchasing. The man started asking Preg a plethora of questions. He didn't leave Preg any time to answer any of them before he would ask the next one. Preg wouldn't have answers nonetheless. They were about his history, where he came from, how he ended up there, if he knew his ancestry, so on. There was no love in the nobleman's eyes. He felt no warmth from him. The man's eyes were brimming with curiosity. Preg's fight-or-flight responses kicked in. He wanted to get as far away from this man as he possibly could. His face had the same look of fascination that the Shockland trio had when they would hurt a local street animal. Preg looked for a path to run. Before he could go through with it, the nobleman was yanked back. His wife pulled him back, tugging him in her direction. I found her, sweetie. She turned and saw the object of her husband's fascination. She grimaced. <laughs> Don't even think about it. She scoffed. She yanked him over to Ola, where the three got busy learning more about one another. It wasn't long before they went to Master Fluffin's office to further discuss the adoption process. For the first ten minutes, all seemed normal. Soon, the entire orphanage could hear Ola scream at Master Fluffin. It wasn't her normal anger-fueled screams. She turned on the waterworks. Preg was all too familiar with it. It was her go-to tactic if she did not get what she wanted and the adults apparently thought her cute enough to oblige. The crying continued for what felt like an eternity before Master Fluffin left the room to find Freth and Delenji. The moment they were taken into the office, the sound of tears dried out. Later, the three were escorted out by their new parents. The Lord looked annoyed and frustrated. Meanwhile, his wife's smile spanned across her face. She did not leave Ola's side for the remainder of the time there. She accompanied Ola to the girls' section to help her pack. Freth and Elenji did not have much and returned to the lobby quickly. They hovered around the Lord awkwardly. He tried making conversation, but the two were only giving him single-word responses. That attempt died rather quickly. A few hours later, the new family left. Dinner that night was great. Everyone was laughing and cheering, there was dancing and games. Craig was even invited to join in on the festivities. He thought it was the first day to his better life. For about two weeks, the celebration of the new chapter of the orphanage continued. Now, his invitation from the other children seemed to be a special occasion type deal. He was not told nor invited to any other events the children held, but they were kinder to him. They now acknowledged his existence. They would smile at him in the hallways, and one of the boys, Lysimer, even helped him pick up some books when he dropped them going up the stairs. Preg is patient. He did not care how long it took for them to warm up to him, but now it was starting. He lived in bliss, until the end of the two weeks. During lunch, there was a knock on the door. Master Fluffin took some time to open it in order to give the kids enough time to look presentable. She opened the door to see three guards with the Shockland twins in the middle of them. They leaned over to her and whispered something. The master brought the group into her office. The children began to mutter in hushed tones. Thirty minutes later, the Shockland trio was returning their possessions to their old rooms. 
Master Fluffin thanked the guards profusely. And eventually, life returned to normal. The children went back to ignoring Preg, and he became the trio's priority target once more. Preg felt hate. There's nothing worse than tasting happiness before being forced back into solitude. Plus, the Shocklands came back with a vengeance. Preg had no idea where they got the energy to keep it up, but he started fighting back. Now, he would put up a fight when they tried to take his books. He kept standing back up when they pushed him over. He interacted with them with defiance in his heart, not the weak victim that he used to be. That made it worse. They kept coming up with different schemes to antagonize him, each one trying to be harsher than the last. In one of their sessions, Preg straight up asked the trio why they were back. Unsurprisingly, that angered them more, which they took out on him. Rumors were spreading around the orphanage. The one that had the most credit was their failed heist. Supposedly, once the trio got accustomed to their new living quarters, they planned a heist to break into the Lord's personal vault and leave with every valuable thing they could find. What Preg overheard is they did manage to break into the vault. The trio did it under cover of darkness. They stuffed all the valuables in a bag before sneaking away into the night. Turns out, the valuables from the vault they stole from did not contain any gold nor gems, but a decent number of magical artifacts. Not knowing what to do with them, they waited till the following morning to try and sell them. The merchant recognized the craftsmanship and told him that he would need extra help finding their worth. He went to find the guards. The Shockland trio was escorted to the home of their parents. Imagine the reactions of the couple when they realized who robbed them brought Preg a glimpse of glee. They did get all their items back, which is why the trio wasn't set to the dungeons. The couple just told the guards to take them back to the orphanage, as if there was a return policy. The other children glamoured up the story to make it seem the trio was smarter than they were, but Preg knew it was bullshit. The trio had guts, but that's about it. There was no brain behind those heads. He was shocked to hear they were capable of breaking into anything, much less a vault. Preg assumed the vault must have been accidentally left unlocked, which is why it took them so long to strike. Though, he did not accuse them of such, as he would prefer to reach adulthood. That wish came quicker than he anticipated. The Shockland trio had been back about a month at this point. All in the orphanage had settled. Except Preg was sick that week. He spent a number of nights in the bathroom throwing up his dinner. At first, he hated it. The children were the ones tasked with bathroom duty. And to no one's surprise, the kids are bad at cleaning it thoroughly. Few nights in, it became his paradise. It was quiet. The only sound to be heard was the crickets in the yard. He was at peace. Well, as much peace as he could be. Unlike his other times being sick, when he puked, it was slimy, green, and more foul than the outdoor latrines. Except the odor didn't affect him. What's more is it sizzled. From what he could inspect, he could not continue using the toilets, or they might melt. He thought about talking to Fluffin about it but the last thing he needed was to be prodded by a nurse and held up in the infirmary. That night, Master Fluffin found him sprawled on the bathroom floor reflecting. She immediately sent him to the nurse's office. He slept on one of those uncomfortable beds and woke up to the nurse looking over him. He jolted back. Settle down, he said. I was just about to take your temperature. He did so, 
If you were human, you'd be dead with that level of fever. But I don't know how your kind works. You're probably fine. Drink some water and sleep. I'll release you tomorrow. The nurse left for the day and left Preg looking outside the window. Sometime after he was delivered lunch, there was a knock at his door. Come in, Preg said. He thought it was someone coming to deliver his dessert. They seemed to have forgotten about that part when they dropped it off. The doors opened to reveal the grins of the Shockland twins. Preg groaned. The rules of the orphanage were no one could leave the infirmary without the release of the nurse. The trio knew this. Preg was trapped. Guys, can we skip a day or two? I don't want to get you guys sick, Preg pleaded. Shut up, greed horde. You think you could escape our fun times that easily? The trio surrounded him by the window. They did their warm-ups, calling him names while pushing him around. They even found a liquid in a vial and poured it all over his head. The fumes from the vial caused Preg to sneeze. He sneezed his mouth fluids and the mysterious liquid all over the trio. They recoiled in disgust. Green Horde, you piece of literal bugbear dung! Ola yelled. She pushed him up against the wall near the window. Preg was preparing to see the light when her grip softened. I have an idea, she told her lackeys. She huddled them up and whispered to one another as Preg watched him with his back still against the wall. A couple minutes later, they squared up around him. Ola grabbed his shirt and lifted him off the ground. She shifted him over to the window. Delenji opened the window. No! N no! No! Preg croaked. He tried to fight back, but Freth was acting as additional muscle. He could not move of his own free will. Delenji hoisted Preg up on the windowsill. Ola slowly lowered him over the sill until he was hanging upside down. The other two on her side gave her support. They laughed. They shook him up a bit and acted as if they were going to let him go. Dizzy from all the movement, Preg hurled. The contents of his lunch landed on the ground with a sizzle. We should pull him back up, Delinji said. He's, he's turning dark green. Ola stopped her fooling around and commanded them to pull him up. Preg didn't care they had lifted him up. His body was not done yet. With no warning, the rest of Preg's lunch came back up. He was still dizzy and actively trying to stabilize his bearings. It was too late. It shot from his mouth like a cannon onto the Shockland twins. Before he was able to apologize, there was a spark on Ola. In an instant, the trio erupted in flames. The liquid in the vial was flammable. Somehow, though, he was fine. The trio panicked and screamed. There was no Shockland trio at this moment. It was everyone for themselves. They pushed each other over trying to find something to quell the flames. He threw his glass of water at Firth. It helped, minusculely so. The group scrambled for another 30 seconds before Preg heard footsteps approaching. The smell of burnt flesh filled the air. Frightened, he knew that they were all going to blame him for this. He would be condemned to the discipline room, or in the worst case scenario, they would notify the guards. Preg threw a blanket on each of them, hoping it will kill the fire. He looked out the window. There was a tree in leaping distance. He took the leap. Preg landed on the branch. He held there still. He looked back to see Master Fluffin and a couple of other children walk into the room. He made eye contact with her. Before he could see her reaction, he turned back and took a step.
His foot got stuck in some sap, and that broke his balance. Preg fell to the ground. He stayed there for a millisecond, enjoying the feeling of the grass. The screams of the master knocked him out of his moment of peace. He ran through the gates of the orphanage and into the city of Silver Lake. Preg ran down the streets, trying not to look suspicious. He spotted a group of guards heading in his direction. He sank into the nearest group of people trying to blend in. The guards passed him. There were also medicine men accompanying them. There was no doubt in Preg's mind they were heading to the orphanage. He waited until they were out of sight to continue his escape. For the next few days, Preg tried his hardest to be invisible. Although he's felt like that his entire life, it was a bit different when it was not the usual faces that ignored him. It was somewhat difficult to get accustomed to. He was almost captured on the third day. He was starving and tired. He had not eaten since his lunch in the infirmary, and that meal didn't stay in his body too long. Craig felt as if his stomach was starting to devour itself to find some substance. In the alley he was temporarily calling a home, he had to make a tough decision. It was either him or anybody else. At high noon, when the city was at its busiest, Craig put on a tattered rag that he had stumbled across and found the closest street market. He waited till the vendor was distracted. She was in the middle of a negotiation. It was getting a little heated. Craig waited for the yelling to start before he made his play. He walked past her stand and grabbed a couple of apples. He tucked them under his rag without the vendor noticing. With his mind solely on the apples, he didn't see the crates that were slightly wedged in front of him. His rags caught on one of the crates and caused him to land face first on the concrete. The two apples rolled out from under his rags. Thief! screamed the vendor. Preg picked up the apples and bolted. He could hear some folks chasing him. Preg kept running. He went from street to street, ducking into alleyways. He was lost, but he lost them too. He stopped in someone's backyard. They probably weren't home, or they would have come out to yell at him for all the ruckus he'd made. Preg spotted a hole covered by a circular piece of wood. He had read enough books about the city to know what it was. He made his way to it and lifted it. A lightless entrance into the unknown horrors of Silver Lake's sewer system. Without hesitation, Preg jumped in. For at least a decade, that's how he lived. He got around the city via sewer. When he needed to, he would borrow food from the townspeople and even resorted into breaking into places if he needed anything else. Once he got used to it, he was rarely caught. The Silver Lakes people start referring to him as the Greenhorde Phantom. He became a folktale for the city. Some people say he exists, while others think it's a lie made up by some kids in the Silver Lining Orphanage. The last rumor of the Greenhorde Phantom ended on the day he found his purpose. Preg was cooking a rat over a fire when he heard a lot of commotion coming from the surface. Thinking they were having another festival, he continued his dinner. While he was gnawing on the rat, the sewer's temperatures dropped drastically. He got closer to the fire to stay warm. It wasn't soon before it too died out. Icicles formed around the edge of the pit. He soon noticed that the constant sound of running water had ceased to exist. He ventured to the surface to see what the Silver Lakes people were doing. Preg had a hard time pushing the sewer cover off. It took a few minutes of intense pushing before he was able to emerge. All around him was ice. Every building was frozen. He walked around the city. All the citizens were frozen. Some with horrified faces, while others smiling, not knowing it was their last. A dragonborn amongst these humans. Fascinating. 
he turned around to see a massive white lizard with bat-like wings. The dragon landed right behind Preg and gave him a sniff. Preg fell to his knees, his legs trembling. The dragon seemed to take great pleasure in his fear. One of Pathlory's brutes, huh? Worry not. Talvasaya. I wish not to start a war with Pathlory yet. You know, what of my parents? Preg shuddered. If you wish to, stay here. Wait to receive the group of meat bags that journey here. Tell them not what happened, but that you survived. Journey with them. You will meet Bathlory and die. We all will after all. The dragon reached down towards Preg. Still petrified, he winced as its claw dug into his chest. It was painful, a pleasant pain. The sensation spread throughout his body. You are now awake. Grow your strength. Next time we meet, we'll be under different circumstances. Preg's body surged with magical power. His horns grew longer and curled. His scales became more defined. He could feel a buildup of acid boiling in his body that he could now control. All there was to do now is to wait. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you'd like to submit your story, you can send it to multiplanetales at gmail.com. And if you could, please share this with all your friends and family across the multiplanes. Again, thanks for listening, and you'll hear me again in a fortnight. <laughs>